Today we're going to talk about um, a growing relationship. Is a healthy relationship with your church. A growing relationship is a healthy relationship with the church. I'm going to read this small excerpt out of Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. That's the scripture that I read last week. Unswervingly, to be committed, to stand firm. Some of us this morning need to hear a word from God uh, that you've been standing and you've been contending and you've been dealing with some things. I feel like um, our, our prayer team and our, our, our intercession team, an intercession team is just a team of people that they pray on behalf, they stand in the gap and has been praying, they've been really feeling like We've just been in a season of contending, of pressure. Um, does anyone here relate? Have you been under any pressure? Anyone under any pressure here this morning? Okay, th- th- this, is th- this is for you. It says, th- this is really quick. I feel like God put this on my heart. It says, we need to be unswervingly faith. Like, we need to stand. And I'm going to tell you that if you feel like you've been contending and you don't have the strength to stand, Scripture tells us that when we can't stand any longer, but yet again, we will stand. And I want to encourage you this morning to stand. I want to encourage you this morning to not give up. I want to encourage you this morning to not waver in the commitments that you've made, to not look to the left or to the right and don't get caught off guard. Um, God wants to encourage you this morning. Amen? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now I want to define... This idea of growth really quickly, one of my favorite passages and scriptures in the Bible uh, that I read, when I read this, it blew my mind, and as soon as I read it, I went, well, okay, if it says that, then I need to do it. In Luke 2, 52, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. What that tells me right then is that Jesus grew, so I need to grow. If Jesus had to grow, I need to grow. If, if, If Jesus grew and I don't grow, then why are we running around with those rubber bracelets that say WWJD? Like, we're wasting time. The whole point is, Jesus is our best theology. Theology. Jesus is our best understanding of who God is. And if Jesus grew, I need to grow. He grew with God and man. So I need to grow in God, with God, and I need to grow with man. So I'm going to define this word grow. In the Webster's Dictionary, if you just Google it, if you just go to Rabbi Google, and you, you, you Google grow, and Webster's Dictionary comes up, um, spring up means to spring up and develop to maturity, increase, expand, have an increasing influence, progressively developing. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, when you see this word, it says Jesus grew. If you look that up in the Bible, biblically, it means to drive forward. Hold on, as if by beating, as if by beating. So I get this picture in my head of a racehorse comes out of the gate, and what is that jockey doing to that racehorse? You call it a spanking? I call, man, I call that a whooping where I grew up, man. That's, that, that horse, is, they're beating this horse, Why? Because on its own, what I'm telling you is that if you don't grow, you're never going to run the race that you could potentially run. Because you've got to grow. Sometimes it feels like you're getting, you're getting the switch. Getting, getting a little beating, right? I don't, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really like that, so I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I want to grow. 
You turn, can you turn to somebody? Listen, advise it, turn to somebody and tell them, say, it's time to grow. If you're sitting by yourself, I want you to lay your hand on yourself and say, self, it's, it's time to grow. Okay. I don't know what happened this morning. Like, I'm like, I'm like laid back kind of guy. And then like, I got this morning, And then it was like, like a few breaks. I just feel like I'm okay. Are we going to preach together here this morning? Yeah. All right. So Jesus grew. It means to advance in amount, to grow in time, to be well along, increase, proceed, profit. Here's the deal. Growing is both addition and depth. Growing is both addition and depth. And growing deeply is very important. Growing deeply means that I'm going to deepen my roots. See, because a lot of us, we want to talk about the canopy of the tree. We want to talk about the branches. We want to look at what's manifesting on the surface. We want to get to the fruit that's hanging out on the branch. But what we fail to recognize because we don't see it is all the stuff that goes below the surface. All the stuff that's done in the dirt. And when it's time to grow, it's actually the stuff that's being done in the dirt of your life that's growing you. It's the root system that's giving you the nutrients that you need. That's where you're getting your water from. You're not getting the water from the fruit that's hanging on the tree. You're getting the water because of the root system, because you grew deep. So this morning, we want to, we want to be committed to growing deep. We just don't want to grow wide. We want to grow deep. But we get caught up in the fruit. We get caught up in the manifestation of things. We start looking to the left and to the right. We see what our neighbors are doing. We see what their marriage looks like. We're seeing what kind of car they posted they just bought at the, at, at the car rip-off place. Right? Can I tell you something? You're going to grow best where you're planted. We too, too often we look at our neighbor's lawn, we're like, that, their lawn is way greener. And I just would say, turn on your hose and water your lawn. Stop focusing on what all your other neighbor's lawns look like. You know, God didn't, call, God didn't call me to grow as a daddy to your kids. He called to grow me as a daddy to my seven daughters. Right? So it's like, I see my daughter up here leading worship with you guys. And I'm like, man, baby Jesus, I had nothing to do with that glory. Because faults of my own, right? But I got to be committed to growing to my child. I, I got to be committed to growing deeper in my relationship with my beautiful wife, Chandra Lynch, the most amazing, beautiful woman ever put on this earth. I don't need to say that. We have seven kids. You should know that. <laughs> hey. Somebody's got game. That's all I'm saying. White chocolate. That's right. Thanks for the shout out. I need to grow in my, I need to grow in, in, in the church that God has put me here to pastor, right? I don't need to ca get caught up in the church down the street. I don't need to get caught up in the business that is, is, is a competitor of mine. I need to focus on growing where I'm planted. Today, we're going to focus on growing where you're planted. We need to grow in our relationship with our church. If this is your church, if you're like, wow, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, this is, this is, if this is my church, I've been to 17 churches and none of them really fit. Could you just stop and grow where you're planted? By the way, if you've tried 17 churches, what's the common denominator? 
My wife said to smile when I say things that are hard. <laughs> Number one, growth requires commitment. Growth requires commitment. We talked about this. Let us hold unswervingly. Be committed. Jesus, commi- Jesus was committed to deepening his spiritual and relational life. He was committed to deepening. He made the commitment. I would say to you this morning that no one is responsible for your growth except you. I'm not responsible for your growth. I'm not. The church isn't. I could prescribe for you the best things in the world, but if you don't stay committed to your own personal growth, no one's going to make you get up at 5 a.m. and put those running shoes on. No one's going to make you get up when you don't want to ride your bike 70 miles yesterday because I'm training for a triathlon coming up. You can't do the work for me. Who's responsible for that? Who's responsible to get up and get my swim gear and show up at the pool when it feels like it's 10 degrees outside and no one should be in a pool? I'm responsible for me. We have to be committed to our growth. We have, and can I tell you something? When the 10 people that you call best friends around you are not committed to the things that you and your heart are committed to and they want to sit back on the couch and they want to get spiritually obese because they don't exercise their faith or they want to make decisions that are contrary to where it is that you feel like you're called to go, it's not their fault. You are 100% responsible for you. You may, you may need to find a new pool of friends to swim in. I may need to find a different community that I need to get around that say, you know, you know what? These, pe- these people are after some things that I'm after. But I'm committed and I have to be 100% in charge of my growth. Turn to somebody and say, I'm in charge. No, no, say, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Not you're in charge. I'm in charge. Th- okay. Number two, growth requires focus. Hebrews 10, 24, we just read this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. This word consider means to observe, understand, or fix one's eyes upon. Observe, understand, or fix one's eyes upon. Growth requires focus. It's it's a word that I I actually learned this from a a triathlon coach who's world-renowned. He's um, British. And... um, he, he, the name of his fitness thing is Purple Patch, which is apparently is a British. Does anyone here know anything about pur- Purple Patch? Anybody? Any pur- Purple Patch? Okay, I don't know what it means. He gave me this great explanation on a podcast. And I was like, I forget. Purple Patch. Fitness. Sounds weird to me. Sorry, that was an ADD moment. He uses a word called Specificity. And what this means is, is that oftentimes, if you're not focused in your growth, you can do a whole lot of exercise in your life and never grow anything. Because you need to be intentional. So why was I riding my bike 70 miles yesterday? Because it was time, in my, in my training plan, it was time for me to get on. I, I went from my road bicycle to my time trial bicycle, the one where you're kind of laid out. And I had to ride up and down. 
from the harbor in Oceanside out to the 15, to the harbor in Oceanside out to the 15, to the harbor in Oceanside, and then get off and run for 30 minutes. Why was I doing that? Because I'm training something specific. And what happens is, is we, we can get really unfocused. We will never grow the thing that we intentionally want to grow if we're trying to pour into 27 different things. And we often wonder, God, why am I not growing in my finances? Because you're not focused on your finances. Why am I not growing in relationships? Because you're not actually focused on relationships. And sometimes I'm so spread thin that I'm not growing in anything. And then that, that really gets frustrating. Anyone here ever get frustrated because you feel like I'm doing a whole lot, but I'm not making it any further down the road, right? Come on. I, like, I could preach to myself on that one all day. It's like your wheels are just spinning. You're like, there's a whole lot of motion, but no progress. Focused work is the only thing that will bring results directly to the area that you want to grow. Period. Focused work. What is it that you want to grow in? So if I want to grow in my healthy relationship with my church, guess what? I need to focus on my relationship with my church. Not my relationship with Netflix. Not my relationship with with all these other things. I want to focus on that specific area. Number three, growth challenges the norm. Growth challenges the norm. And this scripture says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. Can anyone tell me what a spur is? Who wears a spur? Cowboys. Why do they wear spurs? Get a horse going. What do they do with those spurs? They kick, they kick the horse where? That would be kind of irritating, wouldn't it be? Did you know the word spur means to irritate? Did you know that when I read this scripture and I say, now let us consider how we may irritate one another? Back up. And let us consider how we may irritate one another. See, but the problem is, this can cause tension, can it? See, we, 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 we start feeling a little irritated about things and we're like, whoa, we want to move away from irritation. We want to get over where it's comfortable. We want to get away from the things that, that we feel like, ah, that's rubbing me the wrong way. God planted you right in the middle of where he has you because I think he wants to irritate you, incite you into growing. In fact, I will tell you this morning that the number one thing that you are absolutely irritated about this morning is probably one of the areas that God is trying to grow you in the most. Well, Pat, the church is just so irritating. It's supposed to be. You know, I, try, I tried going, I, was, I went to this group and she was just so annoying and irritating. I just can't go to the group anymore. Did you ever stop to think that you were irritating to the entire group? Just a question. No accusations, just asking. Right? The best growth in my life, the best growth in my life has come from the most irritation. Think about a pearl. 
The most beautiful thing, can I, t- can I tell you the most beautiful thing God wants to do in your life this morning is coming from the most irritating thing you have ever imagined. And we want, we, we, we want to remove the tension. We want to push back from irritation. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So it's, the, it's, it's, it's this idea that when I think iron sharpens iron, I, I feel like these two swords that are like clinking together and like there's tension and friction. And we want to live our life removed. We dislike those things. And so we gather in community. Oftentimes what we do is we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to become part of church because it irritates me. Can I tell you, I'm going to irritate you? If I haven't irritated you already, like I'm shocked you're still here. Agitator is my middle name. It's part of my wiring. Can I tell you? But it says that Jesus Christ died for the church, washed her. You know to wash something, you need two components. You need water and you need soap. Do you know what the soap does? It agitates the dirt that's stuck to whatever you're trying to clean. Can I tell you this morning that God is trying to agitate the dirt in your life, but he needs an irritant, and it's probably the person you're sitting next to? (laughs) Potentially the people that you rode here with? Potentially the small child that cries all the way from your flight wherever you came from? Can I tell you that you need an agitator to break up the dirt? Right? I'm going... I'm going to agitate you. I'm going to irritate you. This is why though, because I believe that God has more for you in your life, that on our own, we're going to be like that horse that stands in the stable and without being spurred, we'll never get on the track that we're called to and run the race that you're called to run. And I think God has more for you. I think you can run the race better. I think you got more in you. I think you got more. You have more go than you have quit. And so I'm proud of the fact that I'm irritating. And I I feel like in a way, you're called to be irritating too. That when you, how many many of you here love feedback? Okay, I'm putting my hand down. Because I strongly dislike feedback. People are like, can I give you some feedback? And I'm like, in my heart, I'm saying, No. But because I, I, I'm the Christian part of me and I'm a pastor, yeah, yes. Just grace me with it. And people start, you know, when people start giving you feedback for things that you, like, you're, and you're kind of like, oh, you know, you're kind of irritated. You're like, God, I just want to throat punch them. Just boom, right? Yeah. Stop talking. problem is we're never going to grow if we don't get irritated. We're never going to grow if something doesn't move us. I, I have a strong feeling that Jesus was irritated with the current condition of our relationship. 
He said, I'm willing to be committed to growing through a process so that I can go to a cross and I can reconcile and restore everything that's been broken. I'm willing. I'm willing to allow these circumstances to irritate me. Oftentimes what happens is we we lose sight of the fact that as, as we irritate one another, really it leads us into this place of cooperation and growth requires cooperation. We have to co-partner in this. Sometimes I'm going to irritate you, sometimes you're going to irritate me, but we're growing together because iron is sharpening iron. It says in Hebrews 25, it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It says not giving up. It's to not leave helpless, to not desert, to not abandon. And this idea of meeting together, this, me- this means the joining together, the gathering in a Christian meeting for the purpose of worship. So, let us not abandon joining together as a community of people worshiping Jesus. It's what we're doing here. Let us not desert that idea. This, this scripture isn't talking about you and I getting together one-on-one. It's not saying, hey, don't abandon the meeting together one-on-one. It's saying it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a collective gathering of all of us. Now, now I, I want to tell you something. I'm preaching upstream against culture right now in Southern California. Because we've begun to abandon the idea that we need to gather together on a Sunday. And I don't know, I, wasn't, I, didn't, make the, I didn't make this up. I didn't make the rules, if you will. But we gather together on Sunday mornings. Can I tell you that the golden hour is 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings in America? Most people are like, 10 a.m. church. I was in the club last night. If I brush my teeth and I still smell a little bit like booze, I'm cool. And I'm going to get to church. What time? 10 a.m. It's like they teach it to us or something. And I didn't, I didn't set those boundaries, but I, can I tell you that that's when we meet. And something happens when we cooperate together and we don't abandon the meeting together. Something changes when your rear end is in the seat here this morning. Can I tell you that it's great that we get, and I understand we get to watch online. I know Brandy and Rahelio right now are part of our church family that has had twin boys, okay? So they have a, they have a little son, uh, Xander. He's a little over one years old, and they just had twin boys. Woo! I have seven, but I don't have multiples. And these little guys, Elijah and Ezekiel, prophets, Come on. I know they're watching right now. Brandy's texting my wife while worship's going on. She's weeping during worship. Like, it's powerful. I understand. But can I tell you, the closer you are to an experience, the more impacted you're going to be? The closer you are to an experience, there's something that happens when when I get my rear end in the building and I put it in the seat. Because that's the only place that I can get the most irritated with you. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. Like it's the only place that I'm going to sit and I'm going to grow in the way that only being here can grow me. 
Something happens when we get together and we sing those songs and we hear. And I hear the voice of the young man next to me shouting the lyrics and declaring. I hear our high schoolers up front and I see our junior hires on the side and the place fills. There's something that happens when I put myself in the middle of the gathering and I need, to, I need a touch from Jesus this morning and I feel the tangible presence of God. Something happens when I walk out and go, well, that was pointless listening to that dude. But when you hit the courtyard, God gets a hold of you because someone comes up and says, can I pray for you? I feel like God has a word for you. I feel like God wants to release something, wants to seed something into the soil of your heart this morning that you can take charge of, that you can grow and you can water. I feel like God wants to do something in your life, but it doesn't happen if we don't keep meeting together and gathering. It's different. It changes things. It's encouraging, and it's much easier together. I love this passage. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Sometimes we wonder why we're struggling. We wonder why we just, we don't have the help. We don't have the support. We don't have the strength. It's because maybe we're meeting one-on-one, -on -one, but we're missing the third strength. God has called us to this. I believe more in the local church today than ever before in my life. I believe more in the power of cooperation here in this place than ever before in my life. As a, as a triathlete, this next weekend... I was really conflicted, Tiff, I got to tell you, because David's tense this weekend, and I'm a worshiper. But like the Super Bowl of triathlon is this weekend, in Kona, Ironman World Championships, I was like, man, it's a sacrifice. So I made a commitment, like, we're at David's tent. You should join us at David's tent. You should join us. And as I'm watching the build-up, can I tell you, Germans are dominating right now, triathlon. It's crazy. And they're like, yes, it's very, very dominating. <laughs> and I'm watching this interview, and one of the guys, these guys, like, world, like multiple world champions, three Germans, and they said, what's your trick? Like, do you guys just have like a, like a pain and suffering factory? Because it's a painful sport, right? Like, what happens? No, we believe that shared pain is half the pain. What I'm telling you is, 
when you hit that point in life and you haven't been growing your relationship with the church and something painful hits you, there's no one to share it with. There's no one to call. Guys, I get, can I tell, I get the phone calls of people that go, we, we, we have nobody, we have nothing, we don't go to your church, we're just reaching out, we need help. This is humanity. There's a couple in our church, Javi and Tracy. Does anyone know Javi and Tracy? I believe Javi, I just saw Javi in the, in the where is he? He's right there, raise your hand Javi. Javi and Tracy have a little daughter named Aaliyah, eight years old. Uh, she had a heart transplant three, three years ago, Javi? Three years ago, she had a heart transplant. And amazing thing, I didn't know this about the, body, the human body, but she's been three years, and uh, like last week, uh, it manifested, like her body just said, we're going to reject this heart. And apparently this can happen with like an hour, like an hour. It can just, you're cruising along three years and then boom. We're not going to, we're not going to accept this heart any longer. Heart function was at like 48%. It's manifesting like the flu. She's throwing up. What happens is the heart stiffens up. They take her in. She's at children's hospital. Things are declining. They're trying to help her. They're giving her steroids. Probably giving her enough steroids to make a, make a significant impact on me as a grown man in an eight-year-old little girl's body. They end up, they're doing a biopsy. She ends up going into heart failure. They end up having to resuscitate her. She's on life support. Can I tell you something? Javi would be the first one to tell you. In fact, I asked him. I asked permission. I said, hey, we communicate via Instagram. We're DMing each other. Right, Javi? I said, hey, do you mind if I share a bit about what's going on? He goes, no, not at all. The church has been our biggest support. Then he goes on to say, uh, he goes, this morning, we're not sure if it was still, if it's because she was still coming off the meds. So here's the deal. She's on a ton of medication. And her mom, Tracy, says, people have been praying for you. And this little girl says, I know because God let me know. And she says to her mom, I felt his hands. And then Javi tells me, she, she's hearing this sweet music, but no one else can hear it. Now I'm believing that it's not the medication. <laughs> right? I'm also believing the fact that as we've prayed... The thing that Javi and Tracy have grown in their faith and in their relationship, this is the key. Why do you want to grow a healthy relationship with your church? Because what you're growing, you're able to call upon it when it's needed the most. Yeah. Now she's trying to feed herself a popsicle. He showed me a picture in the hallway. It was super cute. She's got red dial over her face. This little girl's such a fighter. He said... He said she won't, he's like, let me feed you the popsicle because she's still on medication. She's like 
I'll do it. She's determined. She's trying. He goes, it's so slow. She's like, super slow. He's like, just let me do it. She's like, I got it. On her face. She's got a little pop, right? She's asking for Sprite. These are good signs when your kids ask for popsicles and Sprite, right? My point is, you and I, if we don't focus on growing a healthy relationship with our church, with your church, it's yours. It's your relationship. What do you want to do with it? You want to be in marriage counseling your entire time? You want to be on life support the entire time? Do you want to just survive? Do you want to thrive? It's up to you. But I'm going to tell you something. Oftentimes what happens is when we are in a mess, we try to call upon something that we haven't been investing into and we haven't been training and we have never exercised. And so people will say, the church failed me. Now I want to tell you that that, that happens. But I want to tell you the other side of it is a lot of times we will sit in the seat but never grow in our relationship with our church. The hope that Jesus Christ died for. But yet we will want to call upon it in times of need. When we grow, 2 Peter 1, I'm going to skip to verse 8. It says, well, let me back up to verse 5. It says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, increasing measure. You know what increasing measure is? Growth. If you're growing in these qualities. If, and when you see if, if you're growing, you're about to get a promise. If you're growing in these qualities, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Here's what I'm telling you. Why do you want to grow in your relationship with your church? In healthy relationships? Because it ensures your effectiveness and your productivity. Because it says right here, if we're not in increasing measure growing, we will be ineffective, unproductive. No one woke up this morning saying, it is my life's ambition to be completely ineffective and unproductive in every single aspect of my life. And, and I'm serious when I say this. If, if you really feel that way, I sincerely mean this. I want to have you prayed for at the end. I want to pray for you because something is happening in your root system that's manifesting a fruit that in my opinion is hopelessness. And I want to introduce you to hope. But we were made to be effective and productive. 